And I'm Luke. Hey guys, what's up? Hey, and here we're here with uh, Gary Barkelow. How are you, man? Hey, good, good, awesome. good to be in the garage with you guys. Hey, very nice. Uh, yeah, Gary Barkelow is um, one of the guys at Training Ground. He is also uh, has a ministry called the Noble Heart. Um, was also the author of a book called It's Your Call. Um, but Gary is someone that comes in in the summers with Training Ground and gets to kind of talk to us about this thing called calling and what that looks like, what it is. Yeah. Which yep. I'd never thought much about, like the way that we did this summer before the summer. Mm. It was really, how, what did you think about it? Well, I mean, no, I just never, I had never really thought about my calling. Oh, you I know, get that. I mean, like it was a word that was thrown around. Yeah. But I never examined what that might be or what it looks like or yeah. anything like what we did this summer. Definitely. Yeah. Gary, your night when you came in and talked about calling, um, I think it was closer to the, the beginning of, of the session. But it was definitely like one of the more interesting ones, you know, in my opinion. It's and one of the ones uh, that sticks out in my memory for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. yeah, big time. And uh, it was definitely one of those things that like piqued curiosity, not just because it was kind of like, I don't know, like me centric, like what is my calling? Um, but I don't know, because cause God has that like for us he 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 planned right. it you know right and so i think something that we really pass pass around as kids and kind of lose sight of when we grow like grow old and get into adult life is what do you want to be when you grow up mm. and a lot of times that's you know with like occupation but um but but yeah man so before yeah, we I, get into the, the meat of of calling yeah I, I would love for you to take a few minutes to talk to the audience about who you are because we know who you are but maybe people listening don't um so a little introduction on, on yourself, Gary. Yeah, yeah. So I, I started this ministry that you talked about, The Noble Heart, a little over 10 years ago, whereas this is what I do all the time. I go around, I uh, speak to men, I, uh, I, I've written the book, I've, you know, I do podcasts and, and blogs and all those things to help people. And, and, and before The Noble Heart, I was actually with, uh, so seven years with uh, Ransom Heart, mm-hmm. started that with John Eldridge. And um, so we do that together. And there I was also speaking on calling as part as a part of, so what do you do when you understand what your masculine heart is about and that we live in this larger story? And what does it mean you, you understand how to fight for your life or for others? And what's my specific place in all of that? Right. So I would speak on calling there. John and I actually met at Focus on the Family where we both worked for a number of years. Oh, wow. Wow. And then before that, um, I was 15 years with, with crew working in athletes in action, that's so, incredible. Yeah, some pretty, pretty, some pretty big, yeah, big time ministries. That's you know, a nice you resume you got yeah. there. Yeah, um, that's cool. Well, awesome. Um, sweet. Well, let's just start dissecting it. What, what is calling? I mean, obviously, it's not. It's that's it's also something on a, on a phone, you know. But what, I don't know what what's calling yeah, in the context here. <laughs> in the context of life and purpose and doing something that gives gives life you know yeah can you explain that yeah so so luke i'm going to go back to something you said earlier about mm-hmm. you know it, it was interesting 
Yeah, I was thinking about it the whole time after you taught. And, mm. and part of that reason is, you know, we're all trying to figure out, so who am I really? Why am I here? Why am I going through the things I am? What is it I'm supposed to give to others that's really me? I mean, that's just, that's just true for everyone. Uh, really, believer or non-believer, no matter your age, that's, that's something on our heart, you know? Right. So, so what, I'm, what I try to tell people is, for, first of all, I try to get rid of what calling isn't that mm. most of us think it is, right? We think it's this, it's a ministry position. It's, uh, you know, we hear people talk about, pastors say, I was called to be a pastor. Well, I, that's not a calling. That, that's an assignment. That's some way that you bring your calling into mm. this world. Or, or even, you know, here on commercials, right? I was, it's a calling to be in the military mm-hmm. or calling to the profession of law, those type of things. And, and those really aren't callings. You know, I think people use it to make it sound important, which they are. They're all important. But a calling really is, is what is it that you uniquely bring to this world? God has put it in you. It's, it's, what, it's the way you see things, what you notice, how you hear, what you can do. And it's really part of you. And, and yeah, education and training really help those things, but it goes deeper than that. It's something that's actually in you. It's, it's what you really care about, no matter what somebody says. It's that thing that gets you going. It's that thing like they talk about that you pound the table over and say, that, that shouldn't happen. I need to do something about that. Or, or someone needs to help that person. I need to be that person. I need to help in that. It's, mm. it's, it's really who you are, yeah. what makes you come alive, you know, what makes you pound the table, what makes you get involved. That's your real calling. Right. So it sounds like it's like a combination of of desires, convictions, and I guess gifts from God. Right. And it, desires is a big part of this, right? It is huge because mm. a lot of times it's easy as we try to figure out who am I, what should I be doing, what career should I have, what education should I get, what degree you know, we start with the needs out there, but we really should start with what's on my heart. What do I really care about? Yeah. And, and so it'll look like things like, what am I most curious about? So, so to give you a real quick example, when I was in college my freshman year, I took a freshman psychology class. It was just required, you know, one of the core classes. And I loved it. I mean, I, I really enjoyed that class. Now, to let you know, I wasn't a psychology major, but I loved it. Yeah. Well, later on, and I was a business major, mainly because my dad told me I was going to be a business major. That's okay. what I needed to do. Yeah. But later on, I took a, a, a marketing class, which was a core class for business. And I loved it. And I realized, well, that's because it's really a business psychology class is what it is. And so those things, those were my curiosities. That's what I loved. The problem is no one helped me connect it, right? No one said, oh, you love psychology. Well, let's talk about what that's about. You love marketing. Well, let's talk about that. No one connected it for me, but that was my curiosity. Hmm. So, hmm, I'm just trying to think. So, doing this podcast, um, for me, I'm kind of doing like the social media side. Um, and I guess we're all kind of in a like a media, like marketing wing for training ground doing this podcast. Um, and man alive, I've just seen like, my desire for to just be in a creative space like flourish it's been so much fun just going out and taking pictures or or editing and and um you know i i don't know if it's a a, a calling i think it's something I'm, I'm very interested in like very curious about 
Uh, See, it's really different for me because I'm in a different space. You mm-hmm. know, I, well, I'm enjoying this podcast and, and I'm loving it. Just recently, in the past couple of days, I've been having these thoughts and these feelings, and I wrote a few down in my journal. But I've had this, you know, a little backstory for everyone who doesn't know already. You know, I spent five years as a volunteer for Young Life, um, and just love and have a heart to lead others and just talk about Jesus and to impact. And so I have this inherent desire in me to disciple and to go and, and to have an impact and, and just to be relational and Mm. to build relationships with people. And so I don't, is, is is that like a calling or is that like a, is that like a, is that a commission? Everyone has. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is that something that everyone has commissioned to us from God? But, and these are the questions that, yeah. that I have. Or maybe it's just because we're getting closer to God and we're just really, really liking what he has for us to do, what he has like every Christian. I don't know. Right. So it's really all of those, I think. So so I would define calling as the God-given effect of your life. You know, everybody has an effect. And mm. so, you know, guys in training ground, they know when they come out and they spend, a, you know, the summer here or whatever the, it is or a winter together— you know, you watch each other, and after a while, you start to feel and figure out, what's the effect of this guy? Man, this guy's always encouraging me. This guy's always bringing clarity. This guy, whatever it is, we all have an effect, and that's really our calling. So, so Luke, when you talk about social media, see, the thing we always have to ask each other is, why do I love social media? Or why do I love photography? Or why do I love meeting with a guy one-on-one? You know, I, I call that always ask the second question. First question is, what do I love? Mm -hmm. Or what am I curious about? Or what do I enjoy doing? But you have to ask the second question of, why? What what is it about that that I really love? Because then you're getting to the effect. You know, I I want people to to discover something they never discovered. Um, I want to connect people to to what they want and who can help them with it. Whatever that is, that effect. So that's why I say, always ask the second question. You know, the first question is, what do I love? What do I care about? You know, these are just different ways of asking it. Um, the, other, the other thing would be, what am I curious about? I mean, it's the thing I love to read about. I love to ask other people questions about. If, if I could find someone to mentor me in one thing, what would that one thing be? Oh, I'd like to find an expert in whatever that is. So you really have to go there. Because, you know, Paul said, for it is God who is producing in you both the desire— and the ability to do what pleases him. So God puts this desire in our heart. We have to go after that because that starts to bring clarity as to why am I here? What's the effect of my life? What has God created me to do? Hmm. I think a misconception, especially in our age range, you know, it, it, we're, we are in the age range and, and our listeners are in the age range of really that 18 to 25 year old guy. Yeah. Mid 20s, you know, where, where the question is, what am I doing? What do I do? With my life. With my life. How much money can I make? I need to figure everything out. I and need even, to figure my life out. It's, well, it's either that or I need to figure this out or it's the other opposite of the spectrum of I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't even want to think about it. Yeah. And I think that's, cause, uh, that's cause, because of a fear yeah. of not knowing. But Well, and there are like, sorry, we're just listing all of our, our 20-something dynamics. But um, And there's there's some people that are like, I know exactly what I'm going to do and I'm going to bust uh, my buns I'm gonna working make, 80 I'm gonna make, hours yep. a week to get this grind it out and then they get it and they're like oh my gosh this is not what i thought it was gonna be where's my life yeah yeah so 
because now that you know we've i mean everybody it's there's these questions like oh is is my calling my career is it the job i'm gonna do is yeah. it you know long term versus short term is it about making money like all these questions that's probably what guys our age are thinking calling is but based off what you said so far it's almost debunking that like it's not just your job right 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 you guys have hit on such an important thing right a calling is not a position it's not a job it's not a title it's not a job description again we look at that right oh pastor that's a calling Mm. you know ministry yeah ministry whatever it is those are just those are just jobs they really are so so what i tell people is okay first of all um, right now, you know, go ahead and get some sort of a job, some sort of way, means to make an income, you know, so you can live independently. You can have a place and get food and whatever else you need. Just do that. And in the meantime, try to discover, try to figure out what it is that's on your heart to do, what, you are, what your effect is, what you're compelled to do, what you really care about. Because I keep telling people, listen, whatever you're doing right now in way of a job, you're not going to be doing that probably 10 years from now. Yeah. Definitely not 20 years from now. You know, we're all going to have a bunch of jobs in our life. And in every one of those, we're going to learn something. It's going to be valuable. We're going to gain income from it. It's, it's all good, but we're not stuck in it, right? That's not going to become our life. And that's what scares people. So, so the people that are going, I don't know what it is. I'm just, I'm going to avoid this. They're really afraid of getting in something. That's not them, and they're going to be stuck the rest of their life. I don't want to say no. Mm, right. First of all, you can leave something at any moment, or you could be forced to leave it at any moment. Yeah, so right. you're not stuck. Just do it and learn from it, you know, but just discover who you are. And in time, as you discover more, then you start to find that one thing that really fits you well, you know, and you can go, man, that doing that will be 70% of who I am, what I care about, what I love doing, what I'm good at. That's a good job right there. Mm. So don't put the pressure on of finding the ideal job, the thing you're going to do the rest of your life, because you're not going to do that one thing the rest of your life. You're just not. None of us are. I haven't. Yeah. Gary, I think somewhere, somewhere we should go to kind of paint a better picture of this calling idea is your story in calling. Um, I'd like to just take, take some time to talk to you and about what that looked like in your life, discovering your calling and, and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. What were the kind of questions that you were asking either mentors or your community while you were in those jobs that seemed like they were dead end? And like, were you in that space of you, you were like, I need to find this job because I think I'm called to this occupation or yeah, ex- explain to us that. Okay. So when I was in, so in high school and college, I was a gymnast, went to college on a gymnastics scholarship I love gymnastics. I mean, it, it made my world work. And mm. I did, you know, I did well. I just want to say relatively well, you know. And so it was, my, it was my, my ticket to college because it paid for my tuition. And I loved it. I mean, and, and when I, as a gymnast, I got the attention I wanted, the, the notoriety. It, it made my world work. Um, so, and then I became a Christian. Um, and, and actually, I about walked away from gymnastics because my whole motivation when I came to Christ, everything changed. It was hmm. amazing. And I had some very wise friends that said to me, hey, listen, you just came to Christ. 
don't make any big decisions in your life. Like, <laughs> don't leave the Incredible advice. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is incredible down. advice. Incredible. Because all of a sudden I thought, I don't care for gymnastics anymore. And they knew what was going on, right? Yeah. They knew yep. that yep. God was changing my heart. And the reason I love gymnastics was changing. So they said, stick with it. And I did. And I started to love the sport for different reasons, really mm. because it was who I was. Yeah. And, and, I, and I really started to love it. So, yeah, there's, there's some mentors in my life that had real advice of don't change anything yet. Walk with God. Let him sort through your motivations, your loves, your dislikes, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so my senior year, the director of Athletes in Action Gymnastics, which is part of CREW, okay. called me and said, Gary, what are you going to do with your life? And I said, you know, and, and I didn't want to go on with Campus Crusade. I, I didn't. I, my dad said, get a business degree, get into business, and eventually start your own business. That's, that's your, what you're going to do with your life. Yeah. The ticket to financial success. Right. Yeah. And, and it was the, really the only thing my dad ever gave me direction in. So it felt important in my yeah. life. You know, my dad was speaking in my life. So this guy calls me, and, and I just said, listen, I'm going to go off. I'm going to start gymnastic centers. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go work for the best gymnastic center in the country. I'm going to see how they do it. Then I'm going to start my own, and then I'm going to franchise it. I mean, I had a whole business plan in my, wow. in my mind, which I knew my dad would like. Mm-hmm. And so he just said, he just said, Gary, let, let me just pray for you <laughs> on the phone, which kind of freaked me out. I've never had anybody do that for me. And so he just said, Gary, or he said, God, I pray that you would make Gary miserable unless he's walking in your will. Ooh. Amen. I mean, that was That's it. Bold prayer. Dangerous, bold prayer. Oh, man. Yeah. No counsel, no encouragement. Just if he's on the wrong path, make him miserable. Oh, my gosh. And, and I was miserable. I mean, we got off the phone. I mean, this guy lives in Illinois. I was in Georgia. So it's not like we were face-to-face, but mm-hmm. I was miserable. And, like and, right when he got off the phone? Oh, right like when he got off the immediately. phone. Immediately. Wow. It, how, like how did it hit you in those words? Oh, like, I felt like my room. life was falling apart. Oh, my gosh. And, and I, if I go do this gymnastics thing, I'm going to hate this. This is, I don't know who I am. My life is a wreck. It wasn't depression. It was just discouragement. Wow. And I just remember, because it was so immediate, I thought, this has to be God. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and the next morning I got up and I just said, all right, God, if you make this go away, I'll do that. Because I think this is about that. Wow. Like, I give up. Oh, my gosh. And as soon as I said this, the misery was gone. Oh, man. Now, now I, awesome. I don't want to make this something everybody thinks this is what God does every time. Because right. it never happened to me since then. But I'm telling you, all of a sudden I went, wow, I think this could be really cool. Mm-hmm. So I went on staff with Athletes in Action. Here's the amazing part is about, about a year, a year and a half after I came on staff. No, after that time, I said, God, I give up. I give up the whole dream of a gymnastics center kind of thing. You know, because I was coming on staff to perform as a gymnast. And then when we would do these gymnastics kind of demonstrations, we'd share our faith. Right. Well, what, what's really amazing is about a year and a half after I said, I give up, God, I'll do this. We had started a gymnastics center with Athletes in Action in Southern California. And about six months after that, the guy who was who my director left, and he said, I'm giving it to you. You lead this thing. So it's like God said, you know what? When you are ready, I'll give this to you. Yeah. You have the right idea, but the timing's not now. So just give it up, and I'll give it back to you when you're ready. So really, about two years after that, I have a complete gymnastics center given to me in my hands, fully developed, the gym, the equipment, the kids, the whole deal. It was amazing. Wow. Now— Here's the more amazing part to the story. Okay. 
So six years after I'm given, I've been given this gymnastics center to run it by Athletes in Action crew, I realize I don't like doing this anymore. I mean, I, I don't know what I was thinking. I'm tired of trying to get kids to come in and take lessons and hiring teachers who will teach them gymnastics but share their faith. And, and it was a great thing. But I just realized after six years, I don't want to do this anymore. Here's what's so amazing is I had the ability to walk away because it, it, was, it was belonged to Athletes in Action, not to me. Hmm. If I had started this gymnastics center, it if I had, you would stuck in. You'd it. been locked. Oh, exactly. It'd be yeah. that money would have been tied into it. Exactly. It'd be one of those things. Is why did I do this and I can't get out? There'd been so much investment. It was so. It was God stewarding. Wow, that's that's incredible. It was so God, and so God was saying to me, Gary, your life is bigger than a gym, than gymnastics, because when I was younger, it felt like my life was all about gymnastics. That's what made it work, and so I thought gymnastics center, gymnastics for my whole life. That's what my life is about, and God was saying, No, your life is bigger. Yeah. That's really interesting. So gymnastics fired you up, but it wasn't so it wasn't your calling? Right. It it wasn't. It touched on something about who I it was. It played out, yeah. but it wasn't the calling. It wasn't my calling. It, it helped wasn't you, it helped yeah. you find your calling. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It was a way to like you said to play out my calling. It's a way to to bring my effect to the world, to those kids and then to the gymnastics team that I coached and even running the gymnastics center. See, that was a question I had was, can your calling change? Because I've seen it play out, you know, maybe in someone who's in college and leads young life for four years and they love it. And then they get out of college and it's like, Oh, I don't really have the desire to go lead young life anymore. But that wasn't my calling then. And so my question was, can your calling change? But I guess maybe it's bigger than that. It's what is your actual calling right. so, versus what you're doing in the moment. So here's how I'd say it. That's why I think defining your calling as the effect of your life, a God-given effect. Because, because what I would say was, and I remember after that, after those, those years, I said, God, so was this a waste of time? I mean, was I chasing after something you never wanted me to do? And, and what came back to me in, in praying and asking and journaling was, I felt like God said, well, what did you love about gymnastics? So he goes back to desire, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And I thought, oh, I loved these kids who wanted to do gymnastics to say, okay, let's figure out, let me explain to you what gymnastics is about and what you have to learn to be a gymnast and how you have to train to be a good gymnast. What are the elements of becoming a gymnast? And how do you play that out? And I felt like God said, right, see, that's what you do. You look at other people's lives, try to figure out what do they want and help them understand how do they get there? How do they train? How do they discover it? And how do they train to develop that to become what they want to become? So I felt like God said, now, it's bigger than gymnastics. You did it there. I trained you there. This is the effect of your life. Now I'm going to bring you into a different area. So you really understand it's not about gymnastics. It's about something deeper. So, so I go from athletes in action to focus on the family. I mean, this is a whole different deal. Right. This is a different world completely. Yeah. But what they asked me to do is to come in and help these organizations that they had started around the country figure out now that they're going, who are you really? In other words, in my, in vo- my vocabulary, it's what you're calling. What is your effect? And how do you develop it so you really do that effect well? So God was saying, see, I told you, your effect, your life is about something bigger than gymnastics. But when I was younger, that's the only thing I could see. It mm-hmm. was all gymnastics. That yeah. was the big world to me. And God was saying, oh, no, no, it's bigger than that. I'm going to take you in a whole bunch of different worlds in your lifetime. Yeah. So these desires that we have in our life to lead high school kids, to start a family, you know, to be a good father, to 
you know, whatever it may be, these desires are all kind of byproducts of the effect that you're intended to have in your life. It, the calling is the bigger picture and these desires are kind of the byproduct. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah. The bigger picture or the deeper thing. So, cause you could, you could have, you know, you could say, Oh, I, you know, I love young life because I love impacting high school kids. Well, is it just because you love young life or is it because you love impacting life? So it's like, I can do this at young life. I can do this in my workplace. I can do this in my home. Mm-hmm. That's the calling is to impact or to share, I, I guess is, is kind of what it, what it is. Right, right. And so so the young life example is a good one. So a person says, oh, I, have, I love young life, so that's what I have to do the rest of my life. Well, you know, th- th- you have to ask the second question. Why do I love young life? What is it about them that I love being in that circle and I love how we're doing it? Or, and I love working with kids. Okay, so my question, my second question would be, that's great. What do you love about working with kids? I, I love as, asking them to unpack their story and helping them with the things that have happened in their life. Or no, I love doing things with them so they feel safe and they can discover things that they can do, which no one else ever taught them. It's the second question, what do you love about that? Mm. Because then you find, like you said, oh, I can work with kids doing this in any environment. And then God says, right, I'm going to move you around in different environments to get mm. to different kids. It's not staying with Young Life the rest of your life or crew or whatever it is. See, we get stuck on places and God says, no, it's not the place, it's you. Yeah. I, just haven't, I just need you to be you in that place for right now. So it really is asking the question of, l- let me give you a different question. So the only question is, what do I love? That's really important. But it eventually has to also get to, what do I really care about? Right. We're, we're, we talk about love, but another thing that helps us understand is what do I get angry about? Right. Where do I see something that's happening? It makes me mad and go, that shouldn't be happening to that mm-hmm. person. Yeah. Or that shouldn't happen with that group or in that organization or whatever it is. What makes you angry? Now, you have to be very careful that you start to dissect your anger from I'm angry because it happened to me. And I'm, so I'm just pissed off for that reason, mm-hmm. too. No, God has given me something I deeply care about, and that's why I'm angry when I see it happen. We, you know, we have to understand how to, in time, take those two things apart. Yeah. How would you, what does that road look like um, to figure out those two things? Yeah, that's, so in my own story, um, is that just like, different for every person time with God time with community or is it what did it look like for you yeah that okay so that that's a really key question right mm-hmm. there so we're going to understand that not through one kind of source but through many things mm-hmm. it's it's as we read scripture you know God will bring us to certain places and certain scriptures will really grab us I mean all scripture is important but mm-hmm. certain things man they that's really important yeah. to me I'm I'm psyched about that one scripture that's the that's the one I want to memorize. That's the one I write down, you know. And so it's, it's God speaking through a scripture, those ones that specifically move our heart. Because as you get to know guys, you know, they'll talk about the scripture. Oh, God, show me this. And, you know, and you're going, wow, that's really good. But it's like it just didn't hit your heart necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But some scriptures do. So you take note of that. You, you take note of what are people saying to you? Over time, people say, man, you, you really care about that, don't you? 
you know, we'll go, yeah, yeah, I care about that. And we, we don't write it down and we forget it. We lose it. Well, God's speaking through that. So we need mm. to write that down as well. Um, you know, we watch movies and certain things really grab us. Now, there are certain movies that grab all guys, period. They're just, they're made for the masculine heart. But there are specific elements of those movies that just grab you, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're talking to your buddies about this movie you just really loved, yeah. you know, we'll start to mention different scenes that we really loved. Like he'll mention this scene and we'll go, yeah, that was good. But man, the one that got me was, mm. well, take note of that. Why did you like that scene? See, it's the second question, right? I'll have to watch that movie again. I just got done watching a movie on, on the screen right here. And it was like, it's like a sequel to uh, Braveheart. It was amazing. It's called Outlaw King. Uh-huh. So cool. I found myself crying in it. I was like, why am I crying? There's like so much blood and gore. And it's, I have to watch it again, be asking myself these questions and like, what are the, the patterns that I'm hearing and what resonates with my the heart? The why. Why, yeah. why right. is it resonating? Yeah. Why that thing? Mm-hmm. You know, is it, is it what the character said? Is it what the character's doing? Is it what's happening to the character? Is it the music? Around? I mean, I don't know, but you just, just kind of watch it again and again and just say, so what is it about that guy? What are you saying about that? Because he'll, he'll say, I'm mm-hmm. stirring your heart for a reason. I'm revealing something to you. So that's another place. And, and so it's, it's really, you know, a journal is a collection can, if you will. I mean, we're just collecting everything can, we're, everything we, we can find, and we're putting into that can, that journal. And eventually, that's all those pieces are going to come together, and we're going to say, I see it now. I think I see something. Hmm. So, and, and the other thing is just asking people around us, what do you think moves me? What do you think I'm about? When, when do you see me when I seem to be mm. most alive? You see it in my eyes. You hear it in my voice. That's such a difficult question. That's a lot of, that's, that's vulnerable. Right, because what feels vulnerable about, what's the fear of that question, asking another guy, at least for you? That either they're not going to care enough to say something or that I'm like being needy. If I'm asking like, hey, help me kind of figure out me. Right. You know, in, in today's culture, in the Western society, like it's like you are, you know, you and you better have yourself figured out. Especially as a man, especially right. at twenty-two, you need you're just graduated college. It's time for you to figure it oh, out. Seriously, yeah. well, even at yeah, stinking seventeen and eighteen, like everybody's like, "Where are you going to college? Like, what are you going to major in?" But so what I'm getting at is like that's a that's a vulnerable kind of place to speak from. Is hey, what do you see in me that I don't see in myself? Right. I, see, I think that's the big fear is that somebody's going to go. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fear is I don't see anything in you. Right. Yeah. Right. That's the fear. I don't even so, see you. Right. I don't yeah. even see. Exactly. Don't even see you. So now I'm we're getting invisible. to a, a yeah. deeper thing. So here's what I'd recommend, because it is scary, mm-hmm. is you get with some buddies, you know, they really are buddies. You care for each other and just say, hey, why don't we do this with each other? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Because you're not saying, person. oh, you guys just talk to me. You're yeah. saying, let's do that with each other. And maybe, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and whatever question works the best, whether it's, when do you see me most excited about something? When do you see my eyes light up? When, when do I get loud? You know, when do I have to jump into something? You know, just put out a bunch of questions and say, I don't know which one would work for each one of us, but let's do that with each other. Mm. Because there's no guy that doesn't want to know, that doesn't want someone else to see something in them. Yeah. But if we say we're going to do this together, now we're all really vulnerable, right? So if like, if you if you step on my heart, I'm stepping on yours. So mm-hmm. right, we have this agreement here. We're not going to do this. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Right. But it's vulnerable. But there is no guy. There's no person that doesn't want to hear from somebody. What do you see in me that I'm not seeing? Yeah. You know. We all want to be known. Well, 
let's let's um let's let's kind of venture into the practical side a little bit and the fact that you've done training ground you, you've been around guys and before that you've probably been around guys for a while now and plenty of 20 something guys that are in this struggle what would you speak to them what would you what would you say to that guy that's either knows he's looking for his calling knows his, what is just searching yeah so okay so first thing i'd say is look Take whatever pressure that you have on you off of you. Yeah. Just just take it off. Having Bring that jacket up. Yeah. Have it you think you have to know your career for the rest of your life. You're not gonna know it. Mm-hmm. You you're just not. And the fact is, I think the career thing is kind of over nowadays. Yeah, if if you have this heart for medicine, that is a career. You kind of stay in that. You can go in a bunch of different directions in the field of medicine, mm-hmm. for instance. But but drop the career idea. Um, I, I would say for now, you know, figure out what is it that you are most curious about, you are most passionate about, what you care about, what, what you would love to study. Now, if you may be in college now, you may be out of college. If, even if you're out of college, you know, you still want to study something. You want to become an expert in something eventually, yeah. right? You develop your craft. So maybe the question is, what is my craft? What is this thing I want to be really good at? And, and detach that for just a moment from your work, right? We, we've got to do something to earn an income because mm-hmm. we want to live independently. Right. And so detach that for a moment. Go do something that earns you an income. And if it's a lot of what you are good at and love, that's great. If it's not, that's okay. It's not forever. Yeah. So get something, get independent, and then just start going after the question of what would I love to be really good at? Mm. And, and it may be a question of that I want to be better at because you may be in it right now. Yeah, it's really interesting, and that's kind of where Luke, you and I are right now. For yeah. those guys listening, maybe this helps you. I don't know, but like, I'm right now. You know, my heart is to do ministry. My heart is to be relational. My heart is to lead guys one day. But right now, I got to make some money, mm-hmm. and so I, I've got this pizza job. You know, and it's and it's that's what it is. It's a job, um, and you know, you're working at Dutch Bros. We're doing what we have to do. Yeah. To work towards figuring out how we're going to do our call, what what we want to do. But what's fortunate for us is that we don't have to, we enjoy a lot, you know. But I'm okay. I'm okay. I know like this, uh, there's, there's, there's bigger things for me eventually. I'm okay with where I am right now. Definitely. If I can park the car of, park the car, is that something that people I don't know what you're going to (laughs) say next. I don't, I'm going to pull over. Um, So what if. Somebody has absolutely no idea of what they're actually interested in. If if they've given the the world kind of their soul, either they're overworked, they're a people pleaser, obsessed with their image. They're obsessed with their image, like yeah. they have all this fear. I mean, like there's a ton of twenty something guys that like depression and and they just don't have the freedom of desire. They don't have a the freedom of of wanting to make a difference or change. They just need like that next thing that's well, going to make they them feel okay for being alive. So I'm parking the car. How, how, how do we get in a space of, oh, wow, I'm actually having like desires. Oh, I kind of want to go out and explore. Oh, I kind of want to take this class. Or What did you do to get in that space if you weren't already in that space? I think I, in training ground finally entered in that space when I was working a job, a manual labor job, eight hours a day where I was like, Oh wow. 
I'm, I'm finally uncomfortable enough to not like, you know, enjoy this. I, I know that there's more for me. Um, so how would you kind of guide somebody who's having a really like difficult time heart wise and soul wise to get in a space of kind of longing for, um, for more and, and kind of coming to their desire. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes complete sense. So one of the things is, again, let's go back to that verse I mentioned. I think it's Philippians 2.13, right? For it is God who is producing in you both the desire and the ability to do what pleases him. So it goes back to desire. Desire resides in what the Bible calls your heart. It's really who you are. It's the core part of you. So the first thing you have to do, we have to do, is take care of our heart, right? We have to take care of our heart, which means, first of all, walking with God, you know, reading his word, praying, being with other believers, those three things go together. You take mm. any one of those apart and they don't work very well. Yeah. You can't walk with God in isolation. You know, if, if all you're doing is reading the word, but you're not in fellowship with God or with others, then it's just obligation, you yeah. know? Anyway, so you take care of your heart to begin with uh, because the desires, God has put certain desires on our hearts, certain things that he's made us to do that in our heart we want to do. Mm. So it's already there. It cannot go away. It's a matter of how can I get my heart to speak to that where it reveals itself. So I'd say you need those three things. Walk with God. You know, he wants to be intimate with us, friends with us. Um, There's there's time in the word and prayer and there's fellowship. I'd say get with other guys who are on a similar journey. Mm -hmm. And it's really important that you find other guys who have the same view of the heart and walking with God. Because if they don't, they're going to define walking with God well in this world as maybe it's going to church consistently. It's simply reading the word consistently. It's yeah. not doing certain things. That's, that's not the life in God with the heart. Yeah. So you need to find guys who walk in this kind of way together. Yeah. And then we just start going in this together of, you know, how do we discover what God put on our heart? You know, it's, it's giving each other, it's look like you said, um, and Nick, giving each other permission Right. Permission is a big deal because the world doesn't give it right. unless it's in its way, you know. And so it's giving each other permission to discover, to go after God and say, what, what do I really care about? What's on my heart? And everything's on the table, right? We don't have religious categories for it. It's, man, this is what I care about. I, I love social media. I, and this is what I get into and going, okay, but what is it about? Why do you love it? Well, I love it when people get connected with each other. I think it's amazing when this person over here in this state and this person over here, they connect, they got a friendship, they're doing something together. Oh, okay, so the effect is connecting. Yeah, I think it's connecting. See, now we're getting somewhere. Right. We're getting to the effect, the, the root thing. So we need others to help us see what we can't see. Hmm. I would say just go after that. Get, a, get some friends, some buddies, and form this fellowship, this friendship together. We're going to do this together. And, and there's no shame in, you know, delivering pizza, working at Dutch Bros. I mean, those are all good things, but that's, that doesn't define our life. Yeah. And we're saying to each other, right, that's not what you are for the rest of your life. That's just bringing in money as we develop who we really are. So we just need the permission to, to grow and let our hearts speak. That's awesome. That's right. On, on the other side of the coin, just really briefly, just speak to kind of what happens with that guy who maybe does know what his calling is. But it's like, no, I'm, I'm not doing that because I have to go make money. I have to go make $200,000 $200, a year. I have it rejects it. 
kind of goes, that's not practical. I can't do that. Push it away. I, I just can't. What, 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 how does that play out? Or what would you say to him if he was, if he had some headphones on, if he's listening to this right now, the workaholic that's I, set on I something know, and he's going to burn himself out. Yeah. You know, I know you I have friends like that, you know, who are in that place of, they have just desires and loves and, and love these certain things, but they're like, no, I have to be successful. I have to make money. I have to make that dollar. What would you say to that? To that? Yeah. Well, there's a couple things. I, I would say, um, y- you know, first of all, you don't have to stay where you are. You know, that, that could be a real blessing where you're at right now. You know, you could be in a, in a great place, making some good money, meeting some good people. You could be. You don't have to stay there your whole life. But I would want to say, as soon as you start getting this sense of, I can never leave here, there's something wrong right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's like meeting somebody and you can tell they're sick, you know, their eyes don't look good in their voice and they're going, no, mm-hmm. no, no, I'm, I'm really good. I'm really good. And you're going, man, you're not good. Yeah. You, you really have caught something. You're sick right now, <laughs> you know? And so for that guy, I would, if you see signs of, no, I can tell you're not doing well to say, no, this, this isn't going to be your place forever. I can tell you're not going to do well here. And then I just want to warn him and say, if you are in a place where God has not assigned you, if you stay there too long, it's not going to go well after a while. Your heart will start to die. And when that happens, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. There are other really good things for you coming. This is training. See, that, that's why I love the idea of the, 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 you know, what you call this ministry training ground. Everything is a training ground if we will see it as that. This is not my life. This is a training ground for my life. And to say, so in this environment right now, try to figure out what is it that you love about this? Take money out of the equation for a minute. What do you love? And if you would say, basically, without the money, nothing, I would say, you need to start looking. Yep. You need to start looking for something because this is not going to go well. And there, there are other Eventually ways. Eventually, it's going to crash. Eventually, it's going to crash. Yeah. At least your heart is. Yep. Yeah. And when that happens, you've lost everything. Wow. That's really good, Gary. Let's 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 talk really quick about resources. I'll, I'll say one is is definitely read Gary's book. It's mm-hmm. called "It's Your Call," Gary Barcolo. But other resources that you would recommend or have. So let me say that with that book, there's a workbook that helps you. Just has a number of questions, and it really just makes you journal, or or is great conversation for a group of guys for every chapter. Just coming in all these different doors to get our heart to start to speak, to give ourselves permission to feel certain things, to see certain things. Kind of guide that reflection. Absolutely. You you absolutely need that. You know, I think, you know, this is is not a paid advertisement, but (laughs) I think training ground, you you just need to come. I mean, it's just, it's experience. It's all of life. And that's what I love about training ground. It's not isolating you out of the rest of life to show you one thing. It's all of life. You know, it is work. It is worship. It's walking with God. You know, it is getting your heart to come alive in wilderness. It's all of those things. You know, I, I think that's, that's huge, and it's over time. I think, the, you know, the while the heart retreats are really good, God will do something. Now, it's just a weekend, but it, it's really good. So, uh, you know, I'd really recommend those things and all these podcasts with all of these things. That's great. That's good. That's super good. I mean, I would definitely recommend this podcast too. Um, <laughs> Me Gary, too. That this is this has been amazing. This has been a real treat. Um, having you sit on our couch in my garage, well, in Corey's garage, um, 
yeah, we really appreciate you coming coming yeah, by. Thanks for taking the time, Gary. Yeah. Oh, it's Cl- been great. Closing thoughts. Anything that you just would would love to say to the twenty something guy listening right now? Just a closing thought. Yeah, I would say <clears throat> you can edit that out. Yeah, I would say um, first of all, let God lead you. Don't don't feel like you got to figure it out. You got to get on the right path. God is going to give you all sorts of experiences in the years to come. And it, it may look random and it may look like, oh, I'm just wandering. You're not. Again, God will get you into different situations, in different jobs, in different settings. And he's, he's got you there for two reasons. One, he's training you. He's mm-hmm. going to show you some things. He's going to give you some things for, for then, but also for later on. And secondly, you are needed in that place. There's something about the effect of your life, the way you see, the way you hear, the way you can speak, that's needed there as well. It's always the two. We're receiving something and we're giving something. So let him do this. Give yourself permission. Get off the hook of having to to find the the thing for your life because the thing develops over life. And and it's it's going to hone over life. It's going to become more in focus. So, so going back as I, as I finish this to saying something, one of the things you, you said, Nick, I think our calling is the same throughout our life it, because it's the effect of our life. It's who we are, but it will play out in different ways, in different jobs, in different settings. And it may look different. Someone look at it and say, wow, it's really weird. You did this over here and you did that over there. Like you can't figure out who you are, but you can say, no, I brought my effect over here in this way, and I brought my effect over in there's this job over there, and this is what I picked up. It's all coming into focus more and more because we're being trained. Mm-hmm. So, one, let's just God let God lead you into different things and train you. You're always looking at how are you training me, God, and what do you want me to give here? Because God is doing it. He has a calling on your life. There is an effect that He's given you, and it is needed, mm-hmm. and it will become more needed and more powerful as the years go on. So la- last story, a, a, a mentor in my life, we were speaking, we were doing a kind of a seminar together. This is way, way back. And at that point, um, I was 30 and he was 50. And, and after I got done speaking, I realized I didn't capture the attention of the audience. These were older men, older than me, and I could tell they were really good to me, but I was not capturing them. Yeah. Well, he spoke after me, this, this man, a friend of mine, his mentor. And when he spoke, I mean, everyone was leaning forward, taking notes, writing down stuff. And Ugh. I remember I came to him. I felt so bad. Yeah. And I, at the end of the night, I said to him, I said, Paul, I am so sorry. I blew it. I'm just sorry. I disappointed you. I'm disappointed. I disappointed those men. And he said, Gary, he said, I want you to remember this. He said, you are a 30-year-old. And you speak as a 30-year-old. Mm. I'm a 55-year-old. I speak as that. He said, you speak, you be the man you are at your age, and don't apologize for it. That will be the effect of your life. Mm. He said, I'm older than you. I will have a different effect. God has been honing certain things in more in my life. So he said, you be who you are and never try to be someone else. Yeah. Don't try to be older. Be who you are. And you let older men be older men and feed into your life. Mm. That changed my life. That is all right. Some well, incredible advice you have been given. Yes. That I am now going to take. Oh, and man. I hope you guys do. <laughs> that's that's really good. And I have an I have another question uh and I wanted to have it at the at the end of this podcast. Just in case we needed to make it into a, a part 2 or or whatnot. but there is 
kind of a sense of urgency on this topic of calling. Um, I mean, in a, in an eternity perspective, I mean, God put us on, on this earth for a reason. And if we run away from that reason, we have somebody to answer to. Um, and so, I mean, there's, it's, it's kind of hard to, to talk about, especially, especially in the church. We're just like, Hey, like God made you to, to do this, like go and do it. You're going to love it. You know, walk with God so he can show you who you are. Um, but if you're just like, not, if you're just like, kind of like half doing it and not really walking in your calling and, and not walking with God to that place that he's wanting to take you, you have to answer to that. You have to answer to God of, of why. And I mean, I've been reading, um, a lot of John Eldridge or, uh, John Bevere, my bad. Um, and he talks about, uh, like eternal reward. Um, and when we do walk in that, um, calling and in obedience that like God loves rewarding his children. What do you have to say to like that sense of urgency, that thing of like, I mean, you, either you do this and, and there's reward or you don't go to that place with God. And I mean, th- there might be, um, not like, I guess punishment's a word, uh, but also like discipline. Uh, what do you have to say for, for that? You know, <clears throat> excuse me, Martin Luther King had a phrase that's very famous, many phrases, but this one in particular to what you're saying. And the phrase was that he used the fierce urgency of now. And, I, and I'm really captured by that because there is a fierce urgency of now. And so I, I would say to, to everyone, regardless of age or gender, there is a fierce urgency that you show up right now, mm. that you speak what God has put on your heart in the place that he has you, don't look for another place, in the place that he has you, with what God has given you now, you speak to that. Now, now, yes, in the character of Christ, because we're to take on the family resemblance, right, in the mm-hmm. kingdom of God, right. what Jesus is like. But, but we must speak. And, and I think part of the discipline that we'll experience when we don't show up, when we don't offer, we just, and usually it comes from either two things. Either it's, it's the fear of others don't want this, or it's the fear of I don't have anything to offer. And I want to say, one, you have something to offer. Mm-hmm. If you're walking with God, you are alive and breathing and conscious. You have something to offer that's yeah. needed in the world that God has you in right now at this moment. You need to speak. You need to pray, God, do you want me to say something? I see something. Do you want me to say something? Intervene, offer or not yet, but nonetheless you have to. But I think one of the disciplines here on earth, when we don't show up, we don't do this, is, is heartache, mm. you know, that, and, and deep discouragement, because we know we've blown it. We didn't offer what we should have offered. I don't think it's the, the, the heartache of the anger of God. I do think we feel his disappointment when God says, oh, I had this for you. I wanted you to offer it. It was yeah. needed. And, and you have just missed this unbelievable blessing of when you offer something to something to someone else that's needed, 
there's just something in that. So mm-hmm. I, I think there does have to be a fear of God, not of him walking away from us, but the, the fear of God's disappointment of saying, oh, Gary, I had that for you. You were needed. Yeah. They needed that from you. So I do want to say absolutely. So it, we need to feel the first fierce urgency of now in our training, saying, God, how are you training me? I don't want to miss it. I mean, I, I want to get an A out of this training course. Yeah. And then B, or the second thing is, and what do you want me to offer here? Just prompt my heart. I want to offer it. So, so there is an importance. I mean, we are here for a reason. Um, and we need, to, we need to have that sense of what it is. So a real quick story. There is this verse. I, I, I can't tell exactly where it is, but it says um, that, that God will... Um, that God will show you what he needs you to do. He will, he will guide you with his eye upon you, the mm. scripture says. And what's really fascinating about that, that last part, because then it goes on, I think it's in Psalms or Proverbs, and it says um, that do not be like a horse who could only be guided by, by a bit and a bridle. What's really fascinating is the reason it says that God will guide you with his eye upon you is because the relationship that he wants to have is that if, if you have really trained a horse well, you don't have to say anything to the horse. He just can feel the, the pressure of your knees right around him. If you want him to turn left or right or slow down, right. he can feel the slightest pressure as you pull back the reins. Not a yank, n- not a pulling that bridle in his mouth really hard. It's just the slightest tension because he's so well trained. He knows the rider well, his master. And scripture is saying that we should walk with God so well that he doesn't have to kind of yank our head back. You know, right. you hear people go, well, God has to hit me over the head with a two by four. Yeah, or hit a brick wall. Or, or hit a brick yeah. wall. Okay, that's not a compliment, right? Yeah, no, it sucks. It's it does, fun. it sucks. We're not supposed to walk with God like yeah. that. That scripture says that we should know God so well that we sense his gaze upon us, mm-hmm. right? Haven't we been with buddies where they give us, we're all together, you know, maybe it's someone's house, we're out doing something, and they give us that look, mm. and we know what their look means. That look is, hey, don't do that, or mm. don't say that, or it's your turn, or speak up. Right? We know the look. Yeah. The look communicates, and that's what Scripture says, is that we should so be aware of God's gaze on our, on our lives that we know the look when God is saying that slight little thing that says, speak up, Gary. Gary, don't say anything just yet, mm. or actually move into this guy's life. We just, we have that sense of God's presence in us. That's the way we're supposed to walk with God. That's what it means to walk in your calling in yeah. this world and feeling the urgency of now. That's great. <laughs> come on. That's good stuff. That's so good. Well, um, Gary, we're really thankful for you to come on the podcast. Yeah, really um, thankful. I honestly, this has been a great conversation and hope that you guys listening tuned in and really leaned in because there's yeah. some good stuff there. Seriously. Um, Gary, really quick. Um, could you just say, a quick prayer for our, for our listeners right now um, yeah. and just kind of just bless them as they go out in their day, um, encourage them to, to ask God about their calling now instead of hanging it up and, and making some, making some bucks before they walk in that journey. Um, but yeah, could you just pray Absolutely. for us? Absolutely. Yeah. I would Thank love you. to. So father, I, I pray for everyone listening right now and, and for the three of us sitting in the garage right now, Father, that first, 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 you would put on our heart a desire to walk well with you, intimately with you. Jesus, you said that 
that now you call us friends, that we would walk in a deep friendship with you, first of all, always just aware that you love us, that you call us your brother, which is astounding, but we would walk in that intimacy. And, and then I pray for everyone listening that you would, Father, awaken our heart that we would always be listening to you. We would always have that sense of you're stirring our heart about something, you've shown us something, you want us to pay attention to that thing that was just said to us or the tears that we just had watching a film. Father, that our heart would be very awakened, that we would be wearing a heart monitor. We would just see every time that heart monitor spikes and we would take it, we'd pay attention to what was that about and you would speak to it. And, and Father, the last thing I want to pray is that you would put a deep conviction on each of our hearts that we have a calling that our life is significant, that you have given us something that's completely ours and wholly ours, and it is absolutely needed by this world. That is what makes us come alive, and it's what you love to see us do. So I pray that you would do that for each man now, each person listening, that, that you would do this for us. And we know you will because you live in us. And I, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks a lot, Gary. Well, there you go, folks. Hey, if you guys um, have been enjoying this podcast, uh, as you know now, or maybe you don't know, all of our episodes are available on iTunes, mm -hmm. and they're going to continue to be available on iTunes. So something that would really help us continue to bring this to you is if you would please, please like and subscribe. And share. Share. And rate yes. and review. But subscribe, review, and rate. Th those three things will help us tremendously. Mm -hmm. um, we also do want to hear from you. So if you have any questions about today's episode or you have uh, a topic you want to hear about in the future, yeah. feel free to email us, nick at trendingground.com or luke at trendingground.com. Also get us get at us in the DMs on Instagram at TG Garage Talks. Please give us a follow Talks. there. Also more information on Trending Ground at www.tggaragetalks.com where you'll find a link to the main website. Um, but yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, Just thank you. Thanks for listening. You really had that down, Nick. Well, yeah. Dang. <laughs> I need to make cue cards. So this is TG Garage Shocks with Gary Barclow on Calling. It's your call. Yeah. I'm um, Luke. I'm Nick. And I'm Gary. Good to be with you. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thanks so much.